things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Patty Wyatt with Girlfriend It. I'll be your host today. And I am excited. We have Amberly Meese, author of The Belonging Project. She's a speaker, humorist, and encourager. She enjoys touching the hearts and minds and funny bones of people all over the country. All right. No pressure at all, Amberly, but I'm looking forward to you making me laugh today, right? And I, I'm excited to be here, honestly. I think it's going to be fantastic. And I think anytime we talk about girlfriends getting a Together, there is laughter, so I'm not worried about the pressure. <laughs> well, it's funny if you have that personality and you're kind of known with that temperament of, you know, you enjoy humor and you enjoy having a good time. Yes. And if you're ever in this melancholy m- mood, people continuously will say, are you okay? Like, uh-huh. I just noticed. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Is everything fine? I'm like, yeah, I'm like just feeling philosophical today. Like there's yeah. no, nobody died. Just, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. So it, it it is funny when you have that temperament. You really can't be down when you're when you're with other people and it, it makes you go, huh. Am I like I know as I'm getting older, I'm really pondering that more where uh have I been obnoxiously taking over to where I have to be this <laughs> the stage? And when you're not, they're like, Hey, are you okay? You're not as obnoxious as you normally are. Um I, I don't know. It's like you're you're really following into those emotional like intelligence, a little bit of that social cue. Oh, yes, that EQ for sure. I actually had a speaking engagement at a retirement community. If you can like that was really when my career was busting, you can imagine. But um I was speaking at this retirement retirement community. And, um, my husband was doing, um, was working tech for me and needed to use the restroom. And when he went into the hallway, there was a man sitting there and she says, my gosh, will that, will that woman ever stop yammering? If I was her husband, I would kill myself. (laughs) And, uh, Scott's like, oh, well, I I actually like it about her. So there's that. I guess that's why he and I ended up, he doesn't mind the constant, constant obnoxious. So I think it's fantastic. Well, it, it's interesting because of your your book, The Belonging Project. Mm-hmm. You know, why did, is it so hard for women to connect and for them to find their tribe? And you do such a good job of of bringing that together and 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 helping the truth of God's word to stick. Uh, just being able to to find that power and hope that is there for us in scripture. Absolutely. And it it's it's just so funny what you said about you know your your husband overhearing that because I had a situation that took place a couple years ago and I've always like that would be my strength is you know that's why I, I do a radio podcast, right? It's connecting women, it's bringing them in. I love, love, love community and people just coming together and having that kind of fellowship. And I was at um, an event. I'm a corporate trainer and we all went out to dinner one time and I'd been working with this company for over five years and they have a new director. And as we sat there at dinner, 
I, it was kind of quiet and you know, extroverts, we can't handle any, any silence or a pause in the conversation. We, we have to make sure we fill it up with all of our amazing entertainment. We we call that a stop opportunity in our house. (laughs) Okay. I like that. It's like, Oh, Oh, well, I got a story. I have a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so amazing. Listen to me. Yeah. And so we are sitting there at, at this dinner and there's quite, it's kind of awkward, you know, cause they're getting used to their new director. And so of course I fill in the space, right. And I start talking to the woman next to me, not, not really aware that I'm taking over the entire dinner because I'm asking her questions. And I go into, I guess my radio interview mode and later, the director came up to me and and said, you know, I, I felt like you were creating tension at the table. You kind of took over and you were interrogating her. It literally, Amberly, has taken me years to get over that. I was so blown away and so embarrassed and so humiliated. And, um, you know, now I've been able to go to that person. At first, I was kind of you know, staying away from her thinking, oh, wow, we did not get off on on a good start here. But I just kept praying. And my husband was like, Patty, you train people how to deal with conflict. I mean, you're you're in mediation. Like, this is what you do. Like, get over yourself here. And I, I finally, you know, was able to kind of restore that relationship and build rapport with her. And now we laugh about it because I I told her, like, you sucked the air out of me. It crushed me to hear that. And I think that, you know, just some of the stuff that you're talking about in your book, we, we don't get over that conflict and we just keep packing it in and packing it in. And then we're, we're not comfortable moving forward. So here I am interviewing you and and pouring out my heart and having you be my therapist. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I was going to say, um, Proverbs 27, six says the wounds of a friend can be trusted. It sounds like your, your, your coworker, your, what the person that you were working with, your client was, was trying to, you know, uh, to help shape you, but it, they do feel like wounds. I feel like that this so aptly said that the wounds of a friend, you know, can be trusted. Yeah. Um, cause that's totally what it feels like. So the belonging project started because, uh, I was traveling the nation doing my, um, speaking and comedy. And I just kept getting women from all over the nation saying, I'm so lonely yeah. and it didn't seem to be a respecter of like how well they were connected in the church. It could be the pastor's wife. It could be the super pew sitter. It was not a respecter of race or creed or cultural background or marital status or you women with the zip code of kids and women who uh, like me were struggling with infertility. So um, I just kept hearing this and I thought, well, maybe this is just an introvert problem. And then I realized, no, I'm an extrovert who, yeah. although I, I have lots of um, connection points in my life, I don't necessarily have a group of cronies who know me and like me anyway, you know, like know my stuff and call me out on my stuff and have that accountability. And so, um, but you actually, Patty, uh, without knowing it, as you're telling your story, you do realize you gave away one of the greatest tools of connection ever. Um, and although it turned into an interrogation, I guess, but asking questions is so giant. 
Yeah. If you're asking questions so that you could somebody you have a story to tell and you want somebody to give you a prompt, um, that's not good question asking. But if you really go in saying, I want to I want this person to feel heard and seen and I just want to know them better. Um, that is a that is a pro tip when it comes to not only um, finding a tribe, but learning to thrive inside of it, really knowing people, because I think we all have that. We all want to be known. We all want to be seen. And um, and we want people to um, to hear our story. And to do life alongside us. And I think in this time where, you know, I get to connect with you, we're in different parts of the country. I get to connect with you via Skype or uh, on the phone or whatever it happens to be like there are there are good connection points. But um, I think our hearts really just want someone to sit and do life alongside us and mourn when we mourn and rejoice when we rejoice. And we want to do the same for them. We were we were wired by God with that connective tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I think we're missing out. I think it's so funny that this book is coming out in quarantine when we're not allowed to <laughs> yeah. touch or look at somebody to, for to, you know, I'm Italian. We like it. Hugging is a full contact sport in my culture, <laughs> right? Yes. We, yeah. we love people hard and we bring them food. And I'm all, you know, it, I think this quarantine has helped me realize even as the author of a book about connection, I still have a lot of growth to do in that area. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it was an exciting journey for me. It's actually based on the one another's in the New Testament. So the love one another's and pray for one another's and greet one another, the holy kiss, all of the all of the one another's and um, just how those can be wonderful tools of connection um, for our girlfriends and our neighbors and the lady at the grocery store that. We don't think she's totally all there, but God has called us to love her nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. All the one another's. That's, that's, mm. that's great. Okay. So I'm going from all the love one another's to throwing you under the bus. Cause I, I Googled you <laughs> and, um, I, uh, on your Facebook, one of the pictures that came up said, I love the sound you make when you shut up. <laughs> laughed because there's something about that as when we belong because as women yes you need to have those ears open to truly be present to really listen and don't get in the weeds you know when you're telling a story like you said you know uh waiting for that space so you can share your story but sometimes we go you know what was the date and we're over here have you ever been there where someone's looking for the date or the the time and it was like I think it was five years ago. Well, maybe it was two thousand and five. Or maybe and you're like my grandmother, my grandmother always had to connect it to you know it's the sister of the lady that lived next door to us in our house on on White Lane. You're like for the love, what's the story? Go. It's like a Tolkien novel. Just it's a it's a chair. You don't have to give just give it to me. Tell me the story. <laughs> yes, and I think that's a great tip for women to have. It's like we don't need to know about your sister's aunt's uncle's dog's, you know, cousin. Don't get into that part of the story. Like learn how to be a storyteller with they want to know about you. You know, it, it, it's it's not getting into all those little details. So Agreed. anyway, I laughed when I saw that. I love the sound you make when you shut up. 
Oh my gosh. We had a, we had a friend of ours in ministry, our pastor and his wife for many years. And, um, they were having an argument in a public place. Like they were clearly not happy with one another on that particular <laughs> evening. And she said, I liked it better when you were silent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. We all lost bladder control at that point. It was glorious. I mean, we were like, Oh, we've all been there with our spouses where we're frustrated, but sh- that was brilliant. I liked you better when you were silent. Yeah. Um, and my husband's like, wait, wait there. Silent? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think that, I think the true, you know, listening. So when I wrote the book, um, uh, you know, again, any author will tell you often that they feel like, oh, they went into it with this philanthropy of this is going to make a difference in other people's lives. And what I found was as I dove into the God's word, it like really digging into those one another's, uh, it was so good for me. Like it cleaned my clock, uh, on a lot of levels. And so, um, it is a study. It's a four week study. You're supposed to do it with other people. And I'm thrilled with that. I think that's fantastic. But there's also this component of what are you doing, uh, to build community? Cause most of the time people will say, nobody calls me. Nobody invites me to anything. It's so frustrating. My phone isn't ringing. Well, the question is, do you know that your phone has the ability to actually call other people, invite them, um, make them part of the process, you know, um, and so when I started writing the book, I found myself, it's like, uh, Patty, did you ever read, um, the power of a praying wife by stormy or yes, Marty? Or stormy, whatever? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So when I first read it, um, I was in a rough place with uh, my husband and I've been married 28 years on Saturday. So I love him and I have loved him for a long time. But there are seasons where I want to sell him on eBay and he wants to sell me on eBay. And I understand that. Um, but this particular season was one of those times where we were on the struggle bus and I picked up this book saying, oh yeah, I'm going to pray my husband into, you know, agreeing with me. That's, that was my reason for putting my money on the table and buying the book. And the introduction says, if you bought this book to change your husband, this is not the book for you. And I remember thinking, hmm, I wonder how far I can throw this book. I was so mad that I'd spent money on the book. But then of course, as I read it, I realized, no, no, I was having the heart issues. I was having the spiritual issues Mm -hmm. and needed to get to the bottom of that before I could help my husband and be a blessing to him. And so that's what this book started off. I thought, oh, this will be great. All these practical tools. And there are definitely practical tools, but so many of them are like, what are you doing to serve? Where is your heart in this? What is your motivation for getting a tribe and, and doing all those things? Cause we have to put things like pride and jealousy and vulnerability. All those things are play a factor in connection. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, pretty crazy. So, um, do you feel like you have a good, you know, obviously you, this is a, a passion area for you. This, this, um, incredible, um, this incredible program. Do you, have a tribe that you love and that you serve in, or are you still looking? And that is a great question. Uh, I, I have as, as Lisa, the, the co-host, um, that is not here. She says you have, uh, when you think of tribes, like all of these teepees, this community of teepees, and you just ride in your Jeep going from teepee to teepee to teepee. Because I love so many people. And I, I think I'm the baby of six, just like you said, coming from an Italian family. I come from a large family and 
maybe when I'm, I'm looking at, you know, what, what you have in your, your book, like why is community so difficult for, for women? Uh, I think I go into it thinking, well, everybody likes me. Like, why would you not like me? And, and, and I think if you go into that going, God created me for this. I'm wired for this. And so I've, I've lived in the same state my entire life. And I, I, I just grew up. So I'm still friends with people I went to kindergarten with all the way oh through. God, that's awesome. And my college friends, we still get together, you know, for birthdays and Christmas. And so, yeah, I, as a matter of fact, um, Saturday, a bunch of my college friends were doing a shower and, and we're doing the Mama Mia, uh, dancing queen out in the street. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I, I love, love, love my, my girlfriends. I, I just, I, I like, being female, I, I just love every single thing about those those relationships. Now, uh, who's making those calls? Are you the one calling saying, hey, we've got this thing and you need to put on your 70s pants and turn on your ABBA? I mean, like, are you the one <laughs> initiating a bunch of that stuff or does somebody else kind of organize those things? And and that's a great question. It it depends on which group I'm in. Mm. You know what I mean? There's there's different uh, leaders from each group that kind of take over. And so this particular group, no, I'm not the one that says, all right, this is what the plan is. So go, go with that. Unpack that a little bit more. I think that's a great tip of, yeah, who, who's initiating and you kind of fall into those roles with the different groups that you're in. Well, you're so blessed. You've had it sounds like you've had uh, good tribe members, you know, since you were a kid, which is fantastic, which means you know what good community, what healthy community looks like. And so even if you're, you know, talking to work colleagues or however that works, you you know the patterns. I'm going to say you are at a great advantage. Most of us do not have such examples to follow. We don't know. It's We feel still, whether we're 50, like me, or or um, 27, we still feel like that sixth grade girl at the dance up against the wall mm-hmm. saying, somebody please dance with me. And it also sounds like God has really blessed you not only with long-term relationships, but relationships that are, that are deeper. So you and I are very similar in temperament, and we often attract what my mom used to call seven friends. Now, seven friends are a hoot to be with. They're super fun, and they may know some of the parts of your life, but you're not sharing your sin with them. You're not mm-hmm. asking them to hold you accountable. And I have a ton of seven friends. I mean, a ton on a scale from a zero to ten. Um, I don't have. A, I mean, I have a ton of sevens, but I don't have a lot of tens. Mm-hmm. Those people that are my people that yeah. I that that who love me enough to tell me that there's spiritual broccoli in my teeth that that love me enough to call me out to celebrate with me to mourn um when something tragic happens in my life to celebrate um just recently due to covid i lost a job i adore mm-hmm. adored and it was like who do i call first who are my people that will give me perspective? I call them love and shove friends. And I do have a couple of those people that love me and do whatever, but don't let me stay in bitterness or frustration mm-hmm. or gossip. They just ain't, ain't got time for that. So, um, you know, who are those love and shove friends? And if you're one of those people that are like, I don't even know what she's talking about. I can't even, you know, relate to that. I can't even, 
dive into the one another's with us, uh, do this study, find somebody to do the, uh, to do the study alongside, be vulnerable and say, Hey, uh, this is a struggle for me. Would you be willing to just do sit and do this study with me? And let's figure out what, what does a 10 friend look like? What does, what does that kind of connection look like? Um, and, and how do you find it? Mm-hmm. And, and so this is one of those, you know, questions I'm asking you. When you say I have a lot of seven, I, I and I I like that when you're reading them. How do you think that makes your seven friends feel that you don't, you're not putting them at a ten? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, for the record, I've never told anybody what their rating system is, but um. For me, it's helpful because I have a tendency to overshare. Like, I feel like if you say you're my friend, Patty, I'm all about the there's no holds barred. I'm going to love you hard and I'm going to love you with everything and I'm going to share everything. But in life, I've had people who have not been safe with that information. Mm-hmm. They've not been safe with my vulnerability. And... um and so I've just found that that's the case. And my daughter is very similar to, to, in temperament to me. And she's had friends that she's like, mom, I gave one my 100% and they gave me 64%. And I'm like, well, then you know, they are not a 10. They're not a 10 for you. Um, if they always choose other people, if they all, if they leave you out of things, if they choose to do things without you, that's fine. But you, but 10 friends include 10 friends are safe. 10 friends you can be vulnerable with and you never feel like you have to guard your words uh, or your heart because they're mm-hmm. safe with those things. Mm-hmm. But it starts with you being the t- a 10 friend t- to to the people that you feel like God has put in your path. Um, yeah. You know, you just be a 10. But I've never said to somebody like, you know what? You're just so much fun and I'm just so thankful you're a 7 for me, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> never. Never in the history of ever, but in my mind, there are times that I think, okay, yeah. Uh, I had, um, so I have a group of girlfriends. We meet once a month. We love each other so much. Like I love being in that group. Uh, we call it wine, women and Jesus, but we meet and we share prayer requests and we share our hearts. It's a really vulnerable. There's never, it's never a time that it doesn't look like a Barbara Walters special by the end of it. One of us is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> by the end of it. Um, but recently, they all went on vacation to Mexico, taking their families for spring break. This was before quarantine. And uh, my phone didn't ring. And um, it, that doesn't mean they're not 10 friends. But it does mean that I had the, the <laughs> responsibility to call and say, okay, why wasn't I invited? Why wasn't I included? I love you, and I'm so glad you guys got time away. It was like. God ordained because so many of you are in businesses that are going to be slammed during quarantine. I have a friend who's a judge dealing with civic, uh, um, civil stuff. And so she's got, she's got families in front of her every day that abuse has increased and all this kind of stuff. I'm so thankful that she and her family had the opportunity to get away, but I wasn't included. Mm-hmm. But being a 10 friend is, is the ability and the vulnerability to say, Hey, that really hurt my feelings. Can you just tell me why? And they're like, yeah, we had, we had five bedrooms. So only five families could go. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if there's something I'm doing that made you not pick up the phone for my family, I would, I am open. I'm ready to hear yeah. what you have to say. Yeah. 
I'm receptive to that. And so that's what a 10 friend does. It doesn't mean you're invited to everything, but it does mean that you have the invitation to be safe with those people and be a safe place for them as well. Absolutely. And, you know, on that, you, you do talk about social media in, mm. in your book. And that, that's one of those where I see it. I have, um, two, two, two daughters and a son. My, my one son doesn't do social media at all, which he's so smart. And the other two, uh, I, I can see as, as females when exactly what you just said, when you're not invited somewhere and then you see them having a blast in Mexico, uh, you know, you just kind of go, huh. And then you go, you spiral, you know, yeah. out of, yeah, cause it's like, wait, I thought we were friends and, and we're down to our last three minutes here. Okay. Uh, so just what are some tips on that? I mean, and, you know, just figuring that all out. Um, I think that, uh, I think it's probably more common than we think. So I think the first thing is to recognize we are not alone on a couple of levels. We are not alone, meaning there are other people that are struggling just like we are. The other thing is we're not alone. God is with us. Um, I think we can all get caught in what I call the compare snare where we look at other people's lives. Um, but the truth is, again, are we keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? Because when I'm feeling insecure, because I'm seeing those things, it's normally because I have not spent the time at Jesus's feet. So I don't feel full. So when people, when I see those things, I react out of emptiness, not out of fullness. Again, I'm stoked that they had the time. I, I love those people. Of course, I wanted them to have a great time. However, it, it very much varies on how much time I've been uh, clear on God's presence in my life, uh, on how I respond. And so that would be the first thing that I would say. And the other thing is, I think it is totally fair to say, Hey, the next time you guys do that, I would love, love, love to be included. Mm -hmm. And if they're not 10 friends, uh, they may look at you, um, like you, you smell like stinky cheese, but the truth is, um, uh, God has created us for community and it's okay to be hungry for it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, Amberly, first of all, I just want to say thank you for being on the show today. And you, you're, I think we need to party. I like you. Absolutely. You are so much fun. Yes. <laughs> well, you just have this great energy that you, you bring in. And I, I know you are, you have a passion and people have called you Grinspire. So in the last minute of the show, tell us a little bit about why you got this Grinspire name. So I want to be, I, when people would say, oh, you know, when I'm on the plane and people say, what, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm, I'm a speaker. I'm a comedian. And they're like, like an inspirational speaker. And I'm like, ah, I mean, yes, inspire people to love Jesus, but it's more like grinspiration where I want to add laughter because I feel like our, our life is supposed to be full of joy and, uh, it's good medicine. So I'm ready to dispense some goodness. And awesome. so that's where that came from. And it's a joy to do it. I really love it. So awesome. thank, thank you. Thank you, Amberly. So much for being on the show today. We'll talk to you next Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It, because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.